I Love Mortgage Brokering, episode 116. Where the best mortgage brokers get better. I Love Mortgage Brokering with your host, Scott Peckford. Hey, Broker Nation. Scott Peckford here from I Love Mortgage Brokering. Today on the show, I have Camby Haywood. She's been in the broker business for seven and a half years, been in the lending business for 21. She's part of the CME Mortgage Excellence team based out of Cranbrook, BC. We talk about a lot of things. She shares how she went from banker to broker and how she learned how to manage her process and avoid wasting her time and her client's time. We talk about the importance of how to avoid the victim mentality and how an email, her intro email is critical to ensuring a smooth process. I absolutely loved her quote, don't let what you can't control get in the way of what you can control. I think this is a fantastic interview and you're going to enjoy it. This episode is sponsored by the career section of the I Love Mortgage Brokering site. The career section of I Love Mortgage Brokering allows brokers who are trying to decide where to hang their license to connect with brokerages that are hiring. It's like a dating service for brokers and owners. If you're a broker looking at options, go to the site, put in your postal code, and you'll get a list of the brokerages that are recruiting in your area. You can compare things like company size, do they have office space, which lenders do they have status with, etc. Check out ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash careers to find your perfect match. And check out this interview with Camby Haywood. You're going to love it. Hey, Camby, welcome to the show. Hi. So just tell me, uh, how did you get into the mortgage business? Because anybody that I've talked to never started out as a little kid and said, hey, when I grow up, I want to be a mortgage broker. So what was your path to, to our biz? Well, I'll tell you, it's been it's been a 21-year journey for me so far, but just seven of that as an actual mortgage broker. Uh, I started initially in commercial lending in a small business lending program through the federal government for a few years. And then uh, I jumped into managing a finance company and it was a fantastic way of learning all about lending, but uh, extremely stressful 60 hour weeks minimum. (laughs) And uh, over the, the years it became more and more grueling. And then you don't I had work this 60 moment. hours in your mortgage business. I do not. No, I do not. And I can proudly say that. Good. <laughs> um, I did have a moment and I can truly remember the day. It was a very stressful day. And I had a call from uh, a friend who was previously a branch manager for a finance company. And uh, he had disclosed to me on the phone call that he was at home in his bathrobe working on a deal and he was a mortgage broker and I instantly hated him. (laughs) You're like, what's up? I want to do that. I was thinking that is so not fair. And I do remember in the depths of my despair thinking, I really want an opportunity to make honest money and to be able to do it in my PJs if I like. Mm -hmm. And uh, seriously, within four months of that choice in my mind. I was a mortgage specialist uh, working for one of the banks and uh, cutting my teeth towards becoming a mortgage broker. And so how long were you a specialist before you moved into the broker channel? I worked uh, for five years as a mortgage specialist. And then previous to that, I was uh, five years branch manager at a finance company. And then three years prior to that, commercial lending plus uh, seven years as a broker. So that's 21 years. And just, okay, I have to ask, how often do you work in your PJs? Like, you know, it seems like you, you no. brought it up. So, I mean, I do all my recording in my PJs. Like, you don't remember. No, I am I am properly dressed. As much as the thought of working in PJs can sound divine, I, I do like to get up and get dressed in the morning and uh, 
Sometimes it's the carpet commute down the hallway to my home office, but uh, typically I do drive to my office that I, I share with uh, my uh, other mortgage broker friend that uh, works with me. Right. No, that's awesome. Now, whether what was it like to go from the specialist role? Because obviously you're part of a bank and you, there's some psychological, like, or maybe there is some net real security, but to go into straight up brokering, how was that transition for you? It, it was good. It was a good journey. Starting out, Scott, I, I loved my job and I was given a, a tremendous opportunity to work as a mortgage specialist, but I found there was a distinct change in me and what I was able to provide to my clients knowing I was really working for the client, not just for the bank. It, it was a little scary taking that jump because I was truly self-employed. I was no longer relying on uh, business coming directly from a particular bank, but I've never looked back. It was a good process though, to start working at the bank mm-hmm. and learning a lot of tools and then, and then jumping in. I, I think it made the transition into brokerdom a lot easier for me than if I had just started uh, from scratch. Right. There is definitely a large, seems to me a large percentage of people that come through that channel. Like, a. I don't know. I've never actually done the stats on the interviews that I've done, but it's significant. The people that have mm-hmm. kind of come through the bank. Uh, my wife actually did as well. I didn't, but um, okay. but there's definitely a large, and I think it can be a great place to kind of cut your teeth. Definitely. Um, so before we dive into your story, I always like to ask about a quote that's had an impact on your life or business. So I love how quotes are portable. They're memorable. And for me, they help kind of keep me on track and you know help me fight my ADHD. So do you have <laughs> a quote that has had an impact on you? I have a quote for you, Scott, uh, and it's something I have said to myself almost daily the last, oh gosh, six, seven years of my life anyway, and uh, it is, don't let what you can't control get in the way of what you can control, and uh, I'll say it once more, don't let what you can't control get in the way of what you can control, and I know many times in my life, and I'm still working on this, mm-hmm. <laughs> There are so many things in our lives that are beyond our control and they can quite easily create a lot of stress and noise in our mind. And if we can instead focus on what we can control and take that energy into making decisions that we know we can make a difference in, we will achieve much more. I I know uh, there was a time in my life where I did let my business be run by stress. And there were many things in my life that were beyond my control, maybe a file going sideways, or maybe something with my children, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But uh, things that I couldn't at that moment have any control with, and by stressing about it, um, just took a lot of energy away that I could instead be doing something more productive with that energy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I like it. It's something I think a person can apply in business as a mortgage broker as well just in life in general totally I can, life life I, happens totally <laughs> i can see that i mean i i think the great part about i love that quote uh even people who talk about sort of like oh what about you know the online rate discounters and the world's coming to an end and we're not gonna have a business that all that and it's sort of like don't let what you can't control get in the way of what you can and that doesn't mean you can't run a great business take care of your clients and not even worry you kind of can't worry about those in my mind, I don't worry about that stuff. I just do a good job for my clients and and focus on that. Yeah, and with that statement, it, it comes responsibility 
you know, as as mortgage brokers in the industry, if we see something that could be changed, I think it is our responsibility to either attempt to make changes in ourselves or go to the powers that be and, and voice our opinions and our concerns and help make change. Because certainly over the last 20 years, there have been many, many changes in the industry, I think mostly for good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, and it kind of avoids the victim mentality thinking, but sometimes you can get into this like, oh, it's everybody's out you know, to get me and it's but yeah, I, I love it. So I know that talking to successful mortgage brokers, you've been in the business a long time. Failure does happen. It's never fatal or final. But when you look back, there's a lesson in it for you. So can you share something that you failed at? But now that you've had a chance to look at it, there was actually a lesson. I remember one time I had a file and I had worked so diligently on it. It was a great file. Everything was all signed off. Uh, it was at the lawyer's office and I uh, received the dreaded 11th hour call from the lawyer's office saying we've just run title search on this property and uh, there is a private mortgage registered and long story short, the whole deal fell apart and I had put a lot of effort into it. The client felt very bad. I I don't think they purposely tried. Well, maybe they did try to hide it from me, but uh, Mm -hmm. it was just my learning lesson was just really asking the right questions on uh, other income or for someone, if, if for me, as a, a newer broker, I remember where you would just ask, like, how much do you make? And then at the 11th hour could potentially become a discussion of, oh, well, this is not how much you are guaranteed to make. Mm-hmm. Just finding the right questions that I should have asked the client more clearly about his property and ultimately did my own title search too to check on these things. But uh, it's things that you learn over time. I actually have one more for you. One of the very first clients I had as a mortgage specialist, I remember I was very excited, had a new realtor that I had been working with and realtor contacted me and it was on a Friday late afternoon and I was just getting ready to go out for a dinner function with my husband and I get the call about this family looking at placing an offer on a property and could I go down and meet with the clients? And of course, <laughs> being the the best mortgage specialist I could be, I canceled my uh, time with my husband and family and uh, it was about a 30-minute drive, went over and uh, sat with the clients and within five minutes discovered they were recently bankrupt and uh, it was clearly not going to go very far. Mm-hmm. And uh, from that time on, I really uh, started making that conscious a choice to really speak to the client over the phone up front. And I'm actually very adamant with that with my clients when I receive, uh, especially a brand new referral that I've never worked with before. I insist on having 15, 20 minute conversation, at least on the phone, just to interview, get most of the information that I need to determine whether, in fact, the client would qualify for a mortgage. And then if I can, take that full credit application, get it done, and then email the client the details. And I think that serves two purposes. The client has something in writing to know where they appear to be at at that point for qualifying. But it's also a great reference for me when I contact that client down the road for me to see what conversation I had with that client and just have that record. Yeah, the documenting is actually good for both of you. I mean, they're probably they yes, 
you have something in writing and you won't forget if you're working on lots of files, you'll be like, what was it that, what was the plan that we're working on? I think that's critical. Yeah. (laughs) And also just taking the time. I'm the same way. I will never meet anybody without a phone call first. And even if they email me and say, Hey, I was referred. I want to meet you. Okay, great. We need to talk. Uh, just, I need, I always say we need to have that initial conversation so that I can make sure that I we can help, I can help them and save them time too. They don't want to waste their time either. Like I make, do you meet your clients or do they come see you now? What's your sort of process? I actually, this is probably the last four or five years. I try as much as I can to just from that very beginning conversation, lead the application towards having everything done uh, over the phone online. So when it comes time for me meeting the client, I already have them fully approved. It's not 100% of the time, but I've been very fortunate maybe with just my referral sources. I don't know, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I truly can say the far, far majority of my clients, when I, when I receive that call, I will tell them, you know, we can meet, that's fantastic, but in the meantime, can I get some information from you? So when we do meet, then I'll have everything all prepared and uh, I never receive a no. Sometimes it's, well, okay, I only have two minutes. Can I call you back? Mm-hmm. That's great. Everyone has 20 minutes they can find somewhere. And then from there, the conversation then leads to the client asking me, you know, do we really even need to meet? I'm already approved. The offers come through. Everything's done. Do we need to meet? Typically at that time, it would be meeting them still because I do truly believe if, if, if there is opportunity, you want to meet that person face to face. But it might be popping into their place of work, shaking their hand giving them a hug, depending on the situation there. And um, it's done. So conversation is actually not even pertaining at all to their mortgage. Mm-hmm. So. Right. That's good. Yeah. And you're, what size of market are you in? Like how many people live in your kind of area? Well, I'm kind of in an unusual situation. I, uh, I'm from the Kootenays. I've lived here most of my life, but uh, I actually moved to Alberta for 10 years and I was mortgage brokering there. So the majority of my client base right now is in Alberta. So I have, I'm jointly licensed. I have my Alberta license and my BC license. Cranbrook would be like a newer market for me that I'm getting back into because I've just been here just over a year and a half now. So still a majority of my volume is coming through Alberta. But uh, Cranbrook area is uh, not a large center but that isn't a bad thing we would have uh surrounding communities about uh twenty five thousand mm-hmm. that we would be working with it's nice in a smaller community and still i was in a smaller city in alberta as well in medicine hat um, the benefit can be just the ability to get around um to to meet that client when when you can Right. It's a little easier to, to, I mean, there's pros and cons to being big and small communities, but Mm -hmm. it's easier to kind of build your reputation and, and become more, I I think, you know, than in a larger center where there's just more people and stuff, but yeah. It it is, Scott. And I, I think in a smaller community and I try not to ever take this for granted, you have the luxury that you can truly get involved in the community because it's the right thing to do, mm-hmm. but also by being involved in a smaller community, it's a great way to raise awareness just of your name and what you do in the community. Whereas in a large center, it uh, you may have to rely more on uh, traditional methods of, of advertising 
your mm -hmm. name out there. Right. That's good. So I want to switch gears and ask you about processes and systems. I've noticed talking to mortgage brokers that they have systems and the processes. They, if they're, they don't just kind of show up and hope for the best. So can I ask you about a sales or marketing process that maybe wasn't working as good as you would like and a change you made in the outcome that you got? I, I think this, the main one is what we had discussed a little bit already is initially me not taking that time to invest the 20 minutes of my day with the client on the phone to get all of the pertinent details, all of the, the big things that you need in order to qualify a client instead of uh, investing hours of my time and of my client's time back and forth, setting appointments, meeting them in person, running back and forth. That has really helped make my, my business a lot more efficient. Mm -hmm. That email process, I think, is key for me. I, I find just the smallest detail, if you miss it or if you forget it, can uh, mean a turndown or just hours of heartache or stress mm -hmm. to the client at the 11th hour. Just email the client everything, and then that has your documentation that you can refer to in future as to what you need um, or any little nuances on the file. Sometimes if um, if I have a client where the application looks really good, right from the get-go, I may, maybe it has to do with their income if uh, the client is relying on a ton of overtime. I can look at the application and say, you know, it looks great, and I'll document this in writing as well to them in the email. And so, you know, however, based on how you only have so many guaranteed hours, this may become an issue. Mm -hmm. So that way, when it comes time to submitting the application, I can look through it and say, ah, right, I need to uh, make sure I cover this base with uh, the underwriter and make sure it's clearly documented and that I have enough information to, to make this uh, a good application. Mm -hmm. And so do you, at your, your clients you're getting now, is it all client referral and past clients? Do you work with realtors or financial planners? Where's the, what's that look like? I would say right now at my last checkup on my existing client and the volume coming through about 90% of all of my businesses direct uh, client referral from client to client or repeat business from an existing client. Mm -hmm. I try as much and I do wish I could remember the name of this guy uh, years ago. I was at a conference and uh, he had mentioned the power of finding the prime time of power, I believe is what he called it. And basically what it is, Scott, is finding those moments in time when you're with your client or with a referral source where you can ask for a referral. And mm -hmm. if you can find that perfect time to ask for it, how powerful it can be. An example would be just through that cycle of having a client uh, find a home place the offer, submit his information, get it all approved. And at that one point in time where you know it's, there's almost an emotion there that you sense with the client where they're either excited or they're happy or they're grateful for having uh, gotten approved for their financing and are thankful to you at that moment it, when they say thank you is just say, you know, the best thank you <laughs> Is to refer your friend to me. Right. So can people you, can you, what do you, how that? do you say it? So how do you say it? So I'm your client. Let's say I, you just presented me with an approval. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. What 
what do you say to me? So I'm like, how, how would you, what does that look like? Well, I guess, Scott, you'd be like overwhelmingly <laughs> happy with me that I got everything all together and it was an effortless process and you're happy and you're like, you know, thanks, Canby. I just, I just so happy. I can't wait to be moving into my house. And uh, when I sense that, thank you. And for most clients, it, they're at that moment, it's genuine. They truly are thankful. You know, baby super stressed up to that point, but now they're thankful. And from there, it's just, I don't belittle it, but, you know, so, you know, you know, that's my job. You don't want to stand up on a soapbox, but also at the same time, then I would say, you know, the best thank you, Scott, is if you ever know of anyone out there looking at buying a house, refinancing, don't ever hesitate to give them my name. Because it's so funny. It's so funny how many people will even ask my permission and say, you know, Cammy, is it okay if I uh, pass your your number along to my friend? No, no. We, we, <laughs> and it's like, no, not allowed. This is a private club. So you'd be surprised just by simply finding that beautiful prime moment to ask for the referral, how powerful that can be. And also with our realtors, you know, when you have a client that is all approved, uh, ready to buy, to make that call to the realtor mm-hmm. that they're working with. And at that very moment in time, that realtor is your very best friend. They're right. so happy to have that conversation with you. It's not a solicitation call. You're calling them because you're so excited that their client is approved and you're taking the time out of your day to recognize that and to contact the realtor. It's truly, again, it's that another moment of power where the realtor is happy. They're your best friend and uh, they're going to remember that. So just finding those little moments and just being very in tune to those little opportunities to ask for a referral. Mm -hmm. And then, so how do you stay, obviously it's, how do you stay in touch with your past clients? So you're getting 90% of your business as client referral and past clients. How do they like, and you, they have a good experience, but then how do they know that you still are two years later? How do they still know you're in, in business? Well, I won't lie and say that I hit the phones and that I put a ton of effort into following up with my client. I wish I could maybe have a bit more time to put to, into my day to, to do a direct contact to a lot of my clients. I find from the very get-go when the, the file is completed to make sure that I actively ask if it's looking in their eyes or, or over the phone to ask for referrals. Mm-hmm. And then depending on the clients got... I. I don't know if it's, again, my client base, but I have a lot of texters. I get a ton of text messages throughout the day. If I have a moment in time, I just make it a habit to send just quick text message to client. Just we're hoping you're having a great day. Just simple, very simple conversation, super short text message. I do my monthly just uh, through the company that I work for, We, uh, which most companies would have just your standard monthly newsletter that gets mm-hmm. sent out that can help just again people people don't like information about mortgages because mortgages for the majority of the population are super boring and they care less to know what type of mortgages are out there they just want to make sure that you're taking care of them but on the other hand sending newsletters that have mortgage related information is not a waste of time i think primarily it's uh it just makes sure that they know that you're still in business 
Mm-hmm. And uh, it's very professional and um, it keeps your name there and your contact information handy. I do have a fair bit of online audience. I have like my own Facebook page and many, many of my clients are on my personal Facebook page. So I have to be very mindful about uh, what I'm posting on on Facebook, which is fine with me. Mm-hmm. I have my own uh, website and I have assistants to regularly have articles uploaded onto my blog site, which is worth every dime to have mm-hmm. because then I can in turn share that information on uh, my Facebook and Twitter and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Facebook is a great way that if you have a tight relationship to also to stay top of mind without using email as long as your people are on your on your friend list and stuff so mm-hmm. i think it's a good idea okay i'm going to move to the rapid fire questions thank you for that info on the anybody who's doing 90 percent client and past client referral i gotta get some more info so um but on, so rapid fire you can answer these shorter answers if you like what's the number one thing holding back most mortgage brokers from being successful i think what holds them back the most is not being visible and not being involved in their community Mm-hmm. And then what's the one thing or habit things made you successful? I think what has made me successful is to not be visible and be very involved with people and uh, getting involved in the community just because it's the right thing to do, not because I want a referral. And there's a lot of power in that. Mm-hmm. Do you have an internet resource or software program used to make your business more successful? I do. There are many variations out there uh, for iPhones and any sort of smartphone, but I use JotNot Pro. And JotNot Pro is a scanner application. I don't know, I think it cost me maybe, it was under $10. And uh, it's just a beautiful scanner that uh, I can quickly convert images that are text message to me, driver's licenses, uh, documents into PDFs. And uh, I use that almost daily. It's a great piece of technology. Hmm, I've never used it. So that's a good one. And if you have a book that you could recommend for listeners, what would it be? My favorite book, and I can honestly say I've read it from cover to cover at least three times over, is called The Charge by Brendan Bouchard. Mm-hmm. And the main message to it, uh, it's it's not a sales book, but it's super, it's a super good read. Um, his main message is, you know, at the time that uh, just prior to us passing away, the three questions that we would ask ourselves would be, did I live? Did I love? And did I matter? Mm-hmm. And his whole message is, you know, live your life that way, knowing that when that day comes that you can smile and say, yes, I did live and I did love and I did matter. It's a great read. That's good. And uh, last question. Remember the movie Back to the Future? Yes. So there's the DeLorean. You get in the car. If I could put you in the car and, and send you back to when you started as a mortgage broker and you could give yourself some advice, what three things would you tell yourself to have a bigger, better business today? Well, firstly, non-related to mortgage brokering in any way, there certainly are a few stock picks I would give to myself. Apple? <laughs> uh, Apple would be a good choice. It would be yeah, I would choice. do that too. Like, Here's three stock picks. You know what? Don't even worry about it. You're, you're good. You're going to be good. You're you done. Do you don't have to be a mortgage broker now. So, <laughs> I would, you know, I would certainly remind myself, although my name can be, it is the Australian Aboriginal Fire God. Mm-hmm. I am not a god. I am a human. And uh, on occasion, I am known to make mistakes. And uh, to accept that, that uh, I'm a person and uh, I'm not going to get everything 100% at all times and not take that personally. Mm-hmm. That's good. And then what, what else would you, what other things would you tell yourself? 
I think the third thing, very important thing is I would tell myself and say, can be <laughs> like, seriously, mortgage brokering is pretty fun. And I love my job. I really do. But take more time for your family and uh, find things in the community that bring you passion that you really enjoy doing and take the time to focus on that. Try and every week, don't work more than 30, 35 hours. I know it sounds crazy, but you can do it and be very successful. If you have a week where you're working more than, say, 40 hours, then think, okay, what can I do to change for next week that I'm not working more than that? Because there's always, there's always processes, always things that we can refine. And it's having that balance that uh, beyond mortgage brokering, there are so many things out there to enjoy. I'm 42. Maybe that's I'm feeling I'm starting to get a little older, but I still have many years in front of me. And I just, I don't want to go and look back, Scott, when I'm in my fifties and in my sixties and think, you know, like, why didn't I go out and do that? You know, I just, I'm, I'm finding, I really, really want to, to hold on to every minute that I have in the day and make it gold, not waste my time. That's really good. I, I think anybody, we, it doesn't matter how old you are. I'm 41. So we're basically the same age. But I'm, uh, I, yeah, I agree. That's a, that's good advice to it's so easy for work is it comes easy for me anyway. And it's to kids and there's a whole, you know, my wife and all that stuff is important too. So, uh, so where can people find you online? You can find me cambyhaywood.ca is my website. That's the best way to track me down. Or if you can go on Twitter at loving the life, loving the life, D-I-N-D-A-L-I-F-E. Awesome. Anybody listening can get links to everything we talked about in the show notes at ilovemortgagebroking.com. Canby, I really appreciate your time today and I hope you continue to crush it. Thank you, Scott. That was so fun. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. If you do, you'll get three deals in the next week. Okay, that's not entirely true, but we'd really appreciate it. Also, you can check out everything at ilovemortgagebroking.com. See you next week.